0: Mike, Mike, and the... <laughs>
1: We're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike Juan, co-host also Mike coming at you in a minute, doing things a little differently. Once again, uh, sequels are all the rage lately, right? So why not a sequel for an Oscar race checkpoint trailer thoughts to Electric Boogaloo? That's what you're going to get in this episode from us. Isn't that right, Michael?
0: We have basically been kicking the can down the road with all these trailer thoughts segments. Like we just go too long in the last time we were together doing an ORC and we missed the Ma Rainey trailer. I mean, we just missed, we missed all those trailers from that episode. And then like four or five more came out and we were supposed to do them at the end of the last episode. But for some insane reason, I have all this freaking, Copy written about the documentary, the doc NYC list of, cause I've seen all the documentaries and I'm insane about that category. And because I think I may perhaps have COVID, we're doing a double Thursday night <laughs> recording on November 12th because we want to bank some episodes. And if, if this is my last performance, yeah. I love you all. And I'm, <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad it's now.
1: It was a pleasure playing with you gentlemen tonight. Uh, so for all we know, when this comes out, I could be looking for a new co host. Uh, maybe the COVID pulls a double turn, a la Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin and WrestleMania 13. And I pass away from COVID and Mike's looking for a new. We don't know is the question, is the answer at the bottom of this. But yeah, uh, we are long winded. And if you listened to our last episode, you know that to be true, where we talked about the Gotham noms and ran it all down. For we had 40 some minutes. news for, for straight
0: <laughs> forty minutes of Gotham noms, and then another forty minutes of EFA and uh, and Critics Choice documentary right. noms. Yeah.
1: So uh, what we didn't get to in that episode is what we're going to start off this trailer thoughts episode with, and we have some news about some eh, some blockbusters, some would be contenders, and some other stuff overall, Michael.
0: Yes, Death on the Nile and Free Guy left the December calendar. We have Respect that left the January calendar. That's that's from like seven weeks ago when that came out. But Jennifer Hudson movie that we are excited to see, that is no longer on the slate. Ammonite is confirmed to its November 13th release date, which is actually tomorrow in terms of our recording. And 14 days ago, when you get this <laughs> released, we don't know when, pos- posthumously, in uh-huh. my case, uh, we got to have gallows humor and you know about, about this. I mean, it's just yeah. at the end of the day, I'm just going to be weird about it if I do yeah. have COVID. And it's no offense to anybody, but I am weird. Mike, it's going to have, Ammonite is going to have a PVOD date of December 4th. What did you think about all of this news?
1: So it's not quite the 17-day theatrical window. It's more like a 21-day a, a theatrical window for Ammonite there. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, taking these stories in order, Death on the Nile and Free Guy moving, I think we all saw that coming. I didn't raise an eyebrow. I was... Offended at the fact that Disney was, or whoever, I think it's Disney, was putting out free guy posters saying, in theaters December 12th, as recently as a month ago. I was like, come on, what are, you, what are we doing here? So, obviously, that's not a surprise at all, I don't think. Respect and Am and I are surprises, both yeah. individually for me. I would think Respect is the more surefire Oscar <laughs> contender. Yeah, so to not only move it off this year in which okay sure lead actress is going to be a tough category but it's by no means something that's been decided already i think jennifer hudson would have been in that thicket of all those contenders but not only to move it from off 2020 entirely but to put it in august of 2021 as opposed to the holiday season which it was expected in for this year that seems peculiar to me if this is an honest to goodness oscars front runner why put it out in august now, what studio is Respect? Is that MGM? Is that, is that what you wrote down here? Of, co- of course you ask me, and I don't know. Keep talking. I'll give it to you in a second.
0: Well, a- Ammonite <laughs> is... Oh, my God. I did all of this last week with Ryan McQuaid, and now I can't remember none of it. How's that for recall? When I literally did every studio slate in this week, I can't remember what these studios are. Ammonite <laughs> is neon, and yes. Sony has rights. Respect and is respect is,
1: uni- respect is United Artists stateside, and it's universal internationally.
0: Okay so that's strange but united artists i think they've been fairly conservative because mgm united artists i think they're connected anyway everybody does business with everybody and nobody knows anything (laughs) but i think you're right respect probably had the the easier track to oscars but let's be honest i think they want to make 100 million at the box office and they want to you know hold out hope that they can still do that and ammonite in terms of you know Neon, you know I guess they're making a move with a lot of their movies going to Hulu, but Sony had the distribution rights. And obviously Sony's been very conservative, putting things out in theaters. So, I mean, they've been waiting and waiting on everything until Happiest Season. So Ammonite is getting the PVOD release. That's going to be one of the first Sony who, uh, Neon movies to do that. So yeah. that's an interesting play.
1: Of of the two of those, if you were to ask me which one of these would benefit more from being pulled completely, released a year later, and retooled and remarketed in a different way, my answer would have been Ammonite. Just the way Ammonite's been received, I mean, its scores are doing better as of late. But the way it was initially received was it couldn't have been gone worse, especially for the talent attached. So it, it just really shocks me that Ammonite's going to stick around in this award season and respect, which. I think everyone thought was a surefire, at least nomination picture is going to move not only to next year, but the end of next summer.
0: Yeah. It's strange. Uh, death on the Nile and free guy. I think there's a weird deal there with HBO max where 20th century or searchlight movies still go there. So I'm thinking Disney is like, all right, since we can't put these movies on yeah. Disney plus, and since we, since we don't have theaters, then we just got to punt these, you know, to, to later in the calendar, no yeah. choice.
1: And you brought up the MGM attachment. MGM does own a majority share in United Artists. And uh, just in doing research for this, MGM uh, has not been a hotbed for Oscars. And I I tried doing research on my own, counting back since 2010. By my count, they've only had three films which have even received nomination in any of the big eight Oscar categories, those being A Star is Born, Creed, and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And obviously, those latter two were just single performance nom carriers. They weren't the, the nomination machine that A Star is Born was, even though it kind of you know, lacked all the Oscar success that people were expecting at the time. So just something to keep an eye on going forward in terms of MGM's posturing and positioning as far as what respect will end up doing for an Oscar's campaign.
0: I get it though. They don't put out a lot of stuff and the awards worthy stuff, the big IP stuff. They're conservative with at MGM. We we talked about it a bunch of times with the James Bond property and why they had to move, you know, No Time to Die this year. I mean it just made so much sense to us. Uh, anyway we got three more announcements from this past week minari will have a december 11th limited release expanding nationwide they think they hope on february 12th so that's 824 actually announcing what they're going to do with one of their films for the first time ever this year it seems mike
1: we talked a lot about minari on the last episode in the gothams and how they were a little uh conspicuous by their absence in most of the categories there Mm -hmm. i think it's the right move i mean it's it's not going to be hotter than it has been lately so you want to get on top of that kind of momentum if you do have a true oscars push in mind for this it makes a lot of sense to release this even if it is a limited run this december try to get some momentum building towards the award season the new award season calendar and just something we've commented on a lot in mm-hmm. the past it's going to be interesting to take stock of what a24 does in terms of oscars pushes in general
0: I think they're sitting on a treasure trove, with uh, the number of, you know, major properties that they have there. The most Oscary of which, of course, is the Green Knight that we've been covering (laughs) now. Yes, well, this
1: this is going to be the most egg we (laughs) ever wear on. You know that thing's winning Best Picture.
0: Can you imagine? Can you just imagine? But it's Alicia Vikander and Dev Patel. And yeah, it looks gorgeous, except for the jolly green effing giant in the middle of that trailer that just looked nonsense. Like, I mean, it was. Why is he there? The well, I've always said the if there was ever
1: going to be one movie to take away all of our credibility, I'm just glad it's going to be the Green Knight.
0: It could be awesome, though. Can, can we imagine if Sir Gawain's story is the movie of the year? And, you know, we're, we're in a way, Mike, nothing,
1: nothing will be more fitting for 2020
0: <laughs> news of the world. Michael News of the World was <laughs> it was bought by Netflix to be distributed internationally. So they they gained the international rights. But Universal confirmed that the plan is that they still want to hit theaters in the U.S. So showing some confidence that News of the World is going to be a 2020 movie. Uh, these things happened uh, for this Oscar race. I thought that was substantial.
1: So if you own a VPN network and can move your VPN to an, a European country, you can watch news of the world wherever you want in international Netflix, basically. <sighs> Did you just get in,
0: us in trouble with? No, I'm just, listen, I don't have one.
1: I'm just saying if such a thing was something at your disposal, mm-hmm. this is what you can do.
0: I want to do it. I want to try do it, but I will try. and.
1: I could not, Michael. I'm a man of the law. Beg... And I, I have yeah. nothing if I don't have my character.
0: We're starting to get screeners, so let's get some screeners <laughs> um, for that one, hopefully. But, the, you know, it's it, it's it's a quagmire right now. Is anything coming out on Christmas? Is, is all of it coming out on Christmas? We don't know. But at least they seem to have made a deal with Netflix here uh, internationally. Yeah, I so think maybe they could double down on a domestic deal as well. My
1: joking aside, that's actually, that's the big headline. You're absolutely right. If they need to pull out of theaters, I mean... They have a plan for a theatrical release. That's all you need to be Oscars eligible this year is yeah. have a plan for a theatrical release. So if they need to pivot and COVID scares them away that much, they have this deal in place now with Netflix. And that's, I would think, the option, the streaming option they go to if they need to pivot that way.
0: And they could put, you know, Tom Hanks Fury Road on some drive-in <laughs> theater screen in a Skogie, you know, Wisconsin. Right. Is that, is that a real place? Anyway, they could yeah, do sure. that and qualify <laughs> In the same way.
1: (laughs) Just infuriated everyone in Madison and Green Bay and Milwaukee.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I thought I heard a skogey somewhere during the, you know, election coverage. Anyway, final story here. Pieces of a Woman has been added to the Netflix slate for January 7th. Michael, this is not a surprise either. We expected this to go from Venice to TIFF. Vanessa Kirby getting buzzed. Shia LaBeouf, uh, Ellen Bernstein. This uh, should be a player.
1: I'm very excited to see that one. This is... Probably the movie that's gotten the most momentum and the most hype that I know the least about in terms of a, uh, a, a a comparison there between those two arbitrary things in my mind. But yeah, I'm excited to see what Vanessa Kirby has in store with that performance. Absolutely.
0: I hear it's a sad story, though. I mean, it's about a, a grieving the death of a child. So, I you know you know how I like to throw wet blankets on on everyone <laughs> all the time. <laughs> It's, it's hereditary. You get a wet blanket,
1: and you get a wet blanket.
0: <laughs> so there's your wet blanket. All right, Mike, we have a goofy-ass segment now that I need to explain, and uh, it's going to be hard to explain, but this is a fun talk radio-styled segment that I've been coming up with more lately that we're going to try for the first three or four trailers that we review in this Trailer Thoughts episode, and you have retitled me, which I think is a good move because I had a stupid title, but... It's called As Mike Puts It or Or mm-hmm. As Mike Puts It. I don't like your punctuation there after the or, but we'll, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> Basically, I miss going to the movies with you. And mm-hmm. I miss sitting in a movie theater watching a trailer, and you do this for every trailer, and then my loudmouth friend, after the trailer finishes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: has to say something really loud in a Peter Griffin family guy voice <laughs> that is just a dad joke or something you <laughs> tweeted earlier that day. Always.
1: So this should just be called my co-host is an asshole. <laughs>
0: no, I miss this. I miss this. I'm sentimental about it. It is a it is an insult and a compliment at the same time, which is, again, something I do often on this podcast. Now, I'm very passive aggressive. Michael, <laughs> I'm sure that our audience has a lot of Mike Ones in their life, too. I mean, they just, they just blurt shit out. Uh, mm-hmm. after a movie trailer and right. you do it very loudly but I often hear it as a murmur or you know you know you're a few rows away from Mrs. Potato Head who's like right. oh I want to see that
1: you hear that's that? half the fun of going to the movies. yes I, I mean when we first started doing this you hated going to watch the trailers mm-hmm. and I thought you were insane because all like 90% mm-hmm. of what I enjoy about the theatrical experience is just being <laughs> that guy in the chair and being like oh that looks dumb you know? but in, Based off nothing but two minutes.
0: In my defense, the movie past days, I was going every single night off to the double features. Yeah. And I had seen that Kira Knightley. <laughs> The aftermath. What was it? The Kier Knightley steamy romance movie. I've seen that trailer a hundred and one times, and I, you know, I don't need to show up to my AMC twenty minutes early to watch twenty minutes of trailers after talking right. to you for twenty minutes about nonsense. And when right. I talk to you every day about nonsense for for more than twenty minutes at a time.
1: Right. Makes sense. So so this is uh, w- what we're going to try. We're going to see how it goes, and we'll probably do this for the first couple just to kind of try it on and air it out. But yes, the format is simple. You will summarize the trailer as only you can, and then I will put a one-liner as only I can put it.
0: All right. Happiest season. Everybody just cringed because we all want to love this movie. <laughs> and here go. I it. did love this trailer, yeah. but go ahead. All right. All our favorite new Hollywood thespians like Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Allison Brie, Aubrey Plaza, they join forces in this trailer Mike for this coming out to the family romantic com-comedy where somehow Mary Steenburgen is the mother of Terminator Mackenzie Davis. I don't really mm-hmm. get the tail of the tape on that one. <laughs> that doesn't seem like it's possible. But all right, thank God the Shits Creek Emmy momentum has not stopped because Dan Levy has three hilarious one-liners to save this otherwise, in my opinion, sappy trailer with music just from my Baja Bug Christmas movie nightmares. <laughs> Michael, this trailer ends after all that terrible music, and you say... If you only added a
1: vibrator <laughs> then the ending of this trailer would literally be the opening scene from not another teen movie. I mean to a T. I I read this earlier. <laughs> I knew what was coming. I still <laughs> laughed. And it is just
0: so fitting that y- you would you would say exactly that if we were in the movie. Theater. I mean,
1: that's what that scene is. <laughs> it's from Not Another Teen Movie. And I like this trailer, and it's nice, and I want to see it, and it makes me feel good. But that, that scene is... You need a vibrator for that scene from Not Another Teen Movie. As Mike puts it, you
0: would put it <laughs> exactly that way. You would make... A is that a mid two thousands movie? An early two thousands movie? I think would, it's early. Yeah, you would it's make dated. an obscure <laughs> reference to an early two thousands below fifty percent Rotten Rotten Tomatoes movie, <laughs> and you would say that loudly to the entire audience, expecting them to guffaw with laughter, but only your co host sitting next to you would chuckle because you would elbow me in the stomach, basically after you said it.
1: People don't forget Chris Evans. People don't forget. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. You love this trailer. I did not. I have a ton of red flags because I want to love this trailer. It's Sony, it's coming to Hulu, great cast, it's important, it's trailblazing, it's a mainstream big studio rom-com movie moment about a lesbian couple coming out to their to their parents or one one of the partners parents there. It's hugely important. But other than Dan Levy, like this trailer, it's it just awkward like i'm cringing cringing at the sister because i
1: didn't i didn't get a lot of awkwardness from what 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 is bothering you most about it the terminator
0: the terminator is not allowed to have a whiny emotional speech with that (laughs) music in this trailer after kicking so much ass in that terminator movie
1: sorry okay i can get behind i could see that i could see you having trouble seeing her i mean i you know i gives her range as an actress but if you're viewing her as currently the terminator yeah i could see that having a problem with human emotion Maybe it's just they're so courageous everywhere else that I don't expect
0: these actresses who play such courageous characters in every other movie to be timid in this predicament that they're in, which is on the funny side, even though Dan Levy's getting most of the moments there in the trailer.
1: And it does look like he is playing his Shit's Creek character.
0: He's hysterical. I mean, he yeah,
1: I I mean, the, the delivery, the 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 way he talks, the cadence and all that, it looks like he's straight out of the TV show.
0: Uh, I'm glad. It's another show that I've only watched a few episodes of, but uh, it's his year. If 2020 can be anyone's year, um, that's not, uh, you know, worshipping the devil.
1: It's his year. (laughs) It's either his year or the cast of Wild Mountain Time's year, Mike. That's very true.
0: And Wild Mountain Time from Bleecker Street, uh, I believe we went over it in the last episode with Ryan McQuaid there. It is coming out this year, and it is from the writer of Moonstruck, and also somehow doubt Michael. John Patrick Shanley gives us a love triangle between three impossibly single actors with ridiculously attractive <laughs> movie star good looks and Emily Blunt, Jamie Dorman, and John Hamm. And they're all almost having sex on an Irish farm that belongs to Christopher Walking doing the halfest ass. Irish brogue I've ever seen in film history or ever heard in film history will they won't they the trailer ends what do you say
1: no look did some producer lose a bet or something like let's see if we can get people to actually pay money for christopher walkens and emily blunt's hackneyed irish accents are you kidding this trailer was getting killed on youtube too by the way because of those accents which really warmed the cockles of my heart but if we were to be honest about this enterprise and this practice right now michael and i actually saw this trailer and i was sitting in a dark theater and i thought no one could see me and the trailer ended like it was and it was all that like well they won't they tension i honestly think my first word, I would kiss the shit out of John Hamm's face right in front of everyone. That is an attractive man right there.
0: And that is an impossibly single man. There's <laughs> yes. no way that that man, the all three of them in this nexus of gorgeously beautiful single people who are also <laughs> mu- movie stars in real life, but we're supposed to believe are hiding away on a farm somewhere in Ireland with just hilariously, you know, brogued Christopher Walken. I mean, give me a break.
1: That's- just just an awful accent. Christopher Walken. I mean, look, I give he's a great actor. I give everybody the I will never see this movie first of all.
0: Oh, well, uh, no, hold on. I can't. I can't. All right. So this is like where you have a threshold and a tolerance level that you just can't take all the cutesiness, where whereas I see the rain rainstorm cinematography i see those stills and it's just so beautiful on that irish farm and yeah i'm a little irish so i can relate or i can claim to relate and it it is you know uh, i do have ancestors from there so maybe i can say that it's it's a film
1: that i you know i'm excited for still just because of um, i'm a homer no john john ham would ask emily blunt to come back to new york she would say no, and he would say, fuck this, I'm
0: leaving. I'll go with the other 70 beautiful women right. who want, want to marry me in seconds.
1: And plus, I can't stand your accent. It's obviously fake. Why are you doing this?
0: The, the accents are pretty bad. Uh, and it's it's sad because, you know, John Patrick Shanley, his, I believe he's Irish, so he would know. Yeah,
1: right. right. Uh,
0: and uh, Moonstruck is a great rom-com that we review with relish. It is, yeah. Uh, it still might have some goods here. It might.
1: And Shanley having that kind of range too from on the page. I mean, that's, that's the hope of this, right? Is that he's able to do not only something like Moonstruck, but also doubt, which I mean, talk about two wildly different ends of the spectrum there. So there's hope, but I, as many red flags as you thought happiest season had, I just was laughing throughout this one. The Emily Blunt
0: sigh of exasperation over the fact that she has, Two men who are impossible to <laughs> fall in love with, but she's in love with them. Yeah, it's it's it's. it's
1: He's a sassy New York businessman, <laughs> and she's trying an accent for some reason.
0: It should have been narrated by the South Park guys right. doing a movie trailer voiceover right. guy. Stan Marsh was a washed-up fourth grader. <laughs> Great episode. One of their best. All right, <laughs> The Midnight Sky, Michael. So, George Clooney grew a gray beard as thick as a bear's hide. (laughs) And apparently he's living on a snowy earth station during the apocalypse with a little baby girl who may or may not be a figment of his imagination, (laughs) probably a ghost girl. While in space, another ensemble group of favorite actors, including Felicity Jones, David Oyelowo, Kyle Chandler, and Demian Bashir, do astronaut things. (laughs) Apparently... Clooney has to ca- contact the astronauts, but he has to walk through the snow to a satellite to do it. And we all hope his beard is thick enough to survive the freezing temperatures. Michael, the trailer ends. What do you say?
1: Oh my God! We left George Clooney on the ice star. <laughs> like I, this was not the type of trailer I was expecting for this movie. No, right. It's, I didn't think we were getting the the interstellar George Clooney's planet hopping trying to save the environment type picture with this.
0: I just can't believe that that's what that's the beard he went with. After all these, <laughs> like, he,
1: like it's groomed,
0: but it's huge. It's so fluffy. I mean, it is. I, oh my god! It's like the
1: back of somebody's head. He's nestling comfortably into his old ageness, and you have to have you have to be secure in your manhood to grow that beard. And he knows what he's he knows exactly what he's doing. That's going to be a fashion statement for years to come.
0: It's a combed mop, is what it is.
1: <laughs> so, what did you think? I mean is this, this is this the type of trailer you thought you were getting for this type of plot?
0: I'm a little worried about the ad astra level on the noise voiceover there. Uh, I'm pretty sure that girl is dead and is a ghost, but maybe not. So I'm pretty scared that I guessed the twist of the movie. But yeah. And I just spoiled it for everybody out there. It, it's possible. Maybe not. I hope she's not. Uh, I guess if those four astronauts – if you're going to pick four astronauts to repopulate the planet – Those four sexy astronauts are for you You know, be top of the list Um, I'm not sure about the ratio though Anyway, beautiful, (laughs) misty Snowy cinematography here with uh, pristine, sexy astronauts and space cinematography, that's probably <laughs> oh, its best feature, though. Like, the cinematography's
1: great. Isn't that the exact same synopsis that we could have called Lucy in the sky with last year, too, when we thought that was uh, supposed to be an Oscars contender?
0: Yeah, and it had be, here's the sad part. Like, I'm loving Fargo right now, season mm-hmm. four or whatever it is. Six? What the hell season is it? Noah Hawley, he just gets the best out of his DPs. He's great. I mean, the cinematography is tremendous. It's a batshit show. And yeah, apparently Lucy in the Sky. We never watched it. We, we yeah. figured we didn't have to. We got a pass. Got
1: killed by the, uh, the, the reviews and the scores, yeah. Exactly.
0: So we never watched it. But it looked like great cinematography and a lousy movie.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: Good finish. Yes. here, here, The White <laughs> Tiger. <laughs> we turned into two British cigar smokers or pipe smokers at the end of that video there. Mike, The White Tiger. So... In a trailer about an Indian servant who apparently befriends Oscar-buzzed-about actress Priyanka Chopra Jonas. Yes, wife of Jonas' brother there.
1: I can't believe she actually includes that last name.
0: Is trying not to bob his head. The servant is trying not to bob his head to what is some incredible crime movie soundtrack, trailer soundtrack music while he does chores for a rich family, while also having screaming contests with dudes in the park, all of this, which is a pre-makeover trailer, pre-makeover storyline before the trailers end where he seems to be the shit and is in charge with everything and becomes rich somehow.
1: So this guy's a servant, self-professed servant, and he's just fucking befuddled at the sight of an aerosol can? He is... A new servant? I don't know. I mean, this, this movie's gonna have plot holes big enough to drive a marching band through, if that's the case, right? And tell me how this isn't Parasite, by the way. This is Parasite.
0: It's it's a little Parasite, but there's no
1: stink bugs in this trailer. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no flood on the, 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 the house that it's done. I mean, this is exactly, and look, all credit to, I, I will say, this is a very intriguing trailer, all jokes aside. Like I, I'm invested in this story mm-hmm. and it's like a rags to riches self-made by going down a certain pathway type story about this Indian servant. And they are even self-reflective enough to make the jokes about slumdog millionaire within the trailer itself, <laughs> within this movie, that's kind of tongue in cheek and funny. But this is—I mean, I got knockoff parasite vibes from this trailer.
0: It keeps showing up on Oscar lists everywhere, though. The White Tiger, so you—you you just never know. And I do think well, Parasite
1: won the Oscars, right?
0: Hey. I, I do think. That the filmmaker is esteemed. Like, I think both of us reviewed 99 Homes at one point with Andrew Garfield, Michael Shannon. Does that sound familiar? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yep, yeah, that does sound Way really back right.
0: in the day, and he's the director of that. Uh, he also directed Fahrenheit 451 on HBO, which we didn't think was very good, but got an nice. Emmy nomination. Yep. Otherwise, he's got some film festival indie, indie film accolades for Chop Shop, Man Push Cart, Ramin Barani. He's a filmmaker with a track record. It's a banging soundtrack. It's it's an interesting character. It's a rag, rags to riches story, perhaps. It's a story about um, you know stink bugs, even though it's not about stink bugs, <laughs> but it should be about stink bugs. I don't know.
1: I mean, you have the scene, even right down to him driving the the guy in the back. You know, I mean, there's just there's a lot of obvious parallels that it seems to me would suggest but they're going with the white tiger route. You know, you have to turn, you have to be the lucky one, the chosen one. You have to kind of make yourself in this way. And you're only one person can be the white tiger. There's enough there to, to, to chomp on, pardon the pun. <laughs> There's enough there to chomp on. All right,
0: good. Well, we're going to give up our little game here out of reverence for the people involved in this next trailer though. But this was from a couple of weeks ago and it's a major contender by all accounts. Ma Rainey's black bottom on Netflix from George C. Wolf there, Michael, viola davis let's start with her i mean she is unrecognizable
1: with yeah, that voice
0: with those teeth with the costume i mean she added like a fat suit for this trailer i mean she she's not that big and, and she's talked about it in, uh, in 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 interviews here so this is not the usual viola davis center of gravity kind nah. of similar delivery that she gives for a lot of her
1: performances now nah, she's going full character here and it's pretty cool to see and i i maybe the most impressed I've been with a trailer uh, hmm. so far in 2020. And I know there's all kinds of speculation. You know, you, you and Ryan did such a great job uh, last week or, you know, 13 years ago, whenever this comes out, <laughs> of talking about Netflix's best picture slate. And you had speculation that it was going to be the trial. Of the Chicago 7 is going to be the film that they push for best picture. A lot of people have been assuming Mank since we don't know what is this trailer missing that it can't be this if it's going to be a winter release there's obviously going to be momentum for chadwick boseman's for an oscar for this there's always momentum for viola davis and everything she does for oscars with what she does and is doing in this why wouldn't this be something this feel good serious emotional story behind it with this awesome song in the background why why wouldn't this be something netflix pushes as a best picture
0: the trailer really builds well, right? And yeah. it does feel like you get those goosebumps on the back of your neck towards the middle of the trailer. It does feel a little best picturey. It is a movie that's apparently set in one day. And I love those plays. I love those movies. Mm. So I, I think you're going to get a lot of electric dialogue exchanges here. The uh, t- director is from the theater. He's, he's done a lot mm-hmm. of work there and uh, lately in film. Film. Well, a, let's just say he's got like 10 movies that he's directed and filmed as well, but he hasn't really broke through at the Academy level yet. He did Henrietta Lacks with Oprah Winfrey a couple years ago. I believe that I, re- I reviewed it at some point, which mm-hmm. is a really good performance. The movie's a little up and down, but pretty strong. I think this movie has as much buzz for it going for it to set us up, you know, to to see it. Everybody's going to watch this movie. So Netflix does not need to put this movie out in a single film festival because every awards pundit is just going to click play on Netflix because of the hype involved, correct?
1: You're probably right. I mean, for Chadwick Chadwick alone, right? And for all the momentum his performance in this has already without anyone having seen it. But the trailer doesn't discourage us of that. Now, No, no,
0: no, no. Viola Davis, I just criticized Glenn Close for kind of going off the reservation in her, you know, trailer performance from Hillbilly Elegy. And, you know, we, we haven't watched or reviewed that one yet. Uh, we're getting to it a little late, but we, we do have plans for it. I typically... I mean, look, it, it's, a, it's a variable. You You never know how these performances go. I mean, she's got two or three wildly different deliveries to lines, to the way she sings. She's not really singing in this movie, right? So she's doing the lip sync battle thing there Mm -hmm. for the song. So this could go either way. It's Viola Davis, though. Obviously, you give her the benefit of the doubt. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little skeptical. And it's a
1: little different, too. It's a little different than Glenn Close because Glenn Close we've seen go off the reservation before in different characters and lose herself in that way. Okay. Viola Davis. I don't think we've really see go. I mean, this is the most outlandish it's and charm. flamboyant a character. Yeah, and and it look. I mean, I think she's pulling it off from what I see in the trailer. So there's that added intrigue in that this is kind of the first time we're seeing that. And I, I, I mean, she's a boss ass bitch in this trailer, man. And she's not anyone to mess with. You know, we're gonna do it on Big Mama's time. Oh uh, fuck yeah, we are. I'm I'm there. So I really do. I, I this really. I was interested to see Ma Rainey, as it was, but this trailer heightened my expectations.
0: She's got a couple inflections that I'm just not used to yet. Maybe when you watch this linguistic genius who she is as a world-renowned singer at the time, maybe when you watch that and you're you're li- it's more lived in in the trailer. Like it, it's a bit, you know, it surprised me. Her her delivery yeah. surprised me in, in in the in the opening of the trailer. But the more you sit with her, it's Viola Davis you know, doing a great job. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, when she's just sitting down there talking to her musicians, like, all right, it, it, this is going to work, you hope, you think. Anyway, I, d- I did have to be honest about it. Uh, I- I'm unsure in terms of her performance and I- and the fact that she got snubbed at the Gotham's make- makes me wonder a little bit too. But
1: Yeah, the treatment of this at the Gotham's was certainly something that did make my eyebrows raise.
0: Again, you know, it's not a sure thing. It's not a sure thing as much as mm-hmm. Chadwick Bozeman might be. I, I just felt sad this whole trailer looking at him and, and looking, you know, he's 100 pounds yeah. lighter than he normally yeah. is. I mean, that's just let's be yeah. honest. And he broke my heart in this trailer. It, it seems like he's letting it all out there in the performance. So that performance hopefully has the goods to to get him the award that is uh, due tribute to uh his legacy so we're, we're rooting for that and i think we're as, as oscar pundits we're rooting for that and we absolutely. can't help ourselves
1: absolutely and we go from something that we think could be a big player in ma rainey's black Bottom. we have a uh a trailer for the prom which could surprise in a couple categories mike
0: so ryan murphy makes crowd pleasers meryl streep has the scene that we all picture Meryl Streep having (laughs) in the middle like our deep REM sleep right yeah I don't think
1: that's by accident either
0: as Oscar pundits like when we picture Meryl Streep or at least in some soap opera fantasy like it's not a well-written fantasy in our brains but during (laughs) this you know the the, the recesses of our sleep she is at a hotel and she's pulling out her Oscars or Emmys and basically forcing herself into the presidential suite of that hotel like that's what we picture. Exactly. (laughs) It was a long way to get there. Living up to it, yeah.
1: (laughs) But, I mean, she is the scene stealer, I would say. But I think the prom overall was already been kind of a scene stealer. I remember watching the Tony Awards a couple years ago, and it was a loaded year for Broadway. It was the Beetlejuice year. It was the, uh, I cannot remember the name of it, but it was the one that ended up sweeping anyway about, like, uh, going through hell. (laughs) But to me, the performance and the song that stood out most that night was the ones from the prom. Uh, I think this has that kind of capability, and when you see the cast attached to it—Nicole Kidman, Meryl Streep, James Corden aside—because I have a really hard time seeing James Corden on screen anymore, and not thinking of all the hearsay <laughs> okay. that I, I see on social media and YouTube about how this guy may be actually behind the scenes. Oh, I thought you were going to go with
0: the cats reference there no,
1: well that too I mean that's that's part of it He people I know we ruffled some feathers when he showed up last year at the Oscars in the cat's outfit uh, making fun of the movie so people were not some people weren't happy so
0: but on social media like I'm I'm, I'm out of the loop on this he, he's a bad boss is this a no
1: I, listen it's 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 available on the internet okay like I've just seen and heard, and this is all, this is what the internet is, right? It's all speculation and hearsay, but I've, there's enough of it out there that makes you go, well, maybe this guy is not super nice and the most, you know, level-headed dude behind the scenes. But I, I I, have no first-hand account of it, but if it was posted in a forum by, you know, ratfart69420, it must be true, right? Oh. So it's just that type of stuff. There's so much of it out there I've seen and heard. It, I, I can't help myself but thinking of it, even though I don't want to, because I want to believe he's the guy he is on The Late Show.
0: And, yeah, I mean, he's as charming a personality as he right. is on The Late Show. And ratfart69 is was, I think, the name of his character from Cats. So it's a good transition. (laughs) Look, (laughs) humongous production values here for the trailer for The Prom. Uh, It's costumes. I mean, it's going to have an original song possibility, I thought. Anyway, I didn't write down all of the uh, Oscar lens on it, but this is coming mid-December, right in time for the Christmas break. So kids and everybody is going to click play on this one as well on Netflix. Is it commercial? Is it an oscar movie does it matter this year do people just want to vote in cool movies that they
1: really really like all across the board we'll see is escapism gonna matter more than anything else and having fun and if that's the case then yeah this one absolutely could surprise the prom is one version of uh, i guess the prom from what i know about it anyway the story is centered on Mm -hmm. the uh, the characters trying to uh impose their will on this small town by helping out this this girl who's in the lgbtq community whereas everybody's talking about jamie seems like the more uh lived in reality and the more serious and grounded version of that story with the focus more so on the uh main character who has aspirations of being a drag queen
0: so this
1: trailer had a really fun and funny setup. And
0: obviously the production values, cinematography is gorgeous as well. This is another Broadway piece, correct? I Again, I'm so ignorant of uh, that the, I don't the stage. That I
1: don't know. That I don't know.
0: I believe it is. I believe I thought it was uh, West End, East End, wh- whatever I'll English tell you what, Broadway it, is. Yeah.
1: If it's not, it. I mean, I, I would think it is, too, just because of the way these songs played and the, the choreograph the choreography that was in the, the trailers. It's not. So if it's on, not, it should be on Broadway.
0: It's not on the WWE Network or the, exactly where it is. Exactly. We're such schmoes. Michael, <laughs> this trailer started out really promising. And then some of the dialogue and it's not fair to criticize trailer dialogue as much, but some of the dialogue is just atrocious towards the middle of this trailer so i'm a little worried about that but again trailer dialogue gets very sound bitey so I'll, i'll give it a you know the benefit of the doubt because you have richard e grant you have sharon horgan who i've loved in everything 20th century studios i believe it's coming it might be coming to hulu eventually max harwood is the young actor playing the lead it's got a good chance
1: and the last two trailers... I mean, this trailer, everybody's t- everybody's talking about Jamie and The Prom. Costume design and original song, if there is an original song to come out of The Prom and this one, those could be absolutely loaded categories this year. I don't know about loaded,
0: but it is an example of there being big budget effects out there somewhere. And The Prom, mm. obviously, is on Netflix, got a lot of money behind it. Ryan Murphy signed a deal that uh, you and I, you know, would like a... Uh, point zero something percentage of if we could
1: ever I, I keep calling and they insist that our contracts are in the mail and i think somebody's <laughs> lying to me to be quite frankly uh this i always give deference to to degree of difficulty mm-hmm. if you're comparing apples to apples the prompt to everybody's talking about jamie making this one more gritty and more lived in again and in, in in this world, reality, this reality that we all live in. I, I just think that's going to present a higher degree of difficulty, so I'm just more intrigued to see what this movie, how it plays out.
0: We thought it was going to be the year of musicals within the Heights yeah. and West Side Story, but it might still be a year yeah. of some really good musicals and, and music movies. We just saw and reviewed Sound of Metal a couple weeks ago. I know that's not a musical, but The Prom and everybody's talking about Jamie. These are coming out for us during the holiday season, and you know people are
1: going to click play on them
0: for sure. And and this movie should go to Hulu or even HBO Max. If you're if you're Disney, just just do it. Just get this out there.
1: Yeah, agree. Uh, Can move on to Raya and the Last Dragon, Michael.
0: My God, this animation (laughs) was gorgeous, just Mm -hmm. pristine and beautiful. And I loved that dog bug bear armadillo character tuck tuck oh my god
1: i will i will die for that character and let tuck tuck have his (laughs) snack you monster raya let the boy eat (laughs) and that should also be a mount rushmore top five episode top five characters or side characters we would die for because i'm willing to put my life on the line for this groundhog or whatever it is is
0: fascinating if we had five (laughs) lives to die for five characters yeah, I like that top five. Anyway, I love the high res, res cartoon graphics, this Indiana Jones, so Indiana Jones opening. I mean, you see the drops of water. How do they make it look that realistic? But it's also a cartoon, and I know it's not.
1: It's, I mean, it looks so unbelievably good. It's absolutely gorgeous. Not a surprise to me that this one got pushed out to 2021 because... I mentioned this in passing the last episode. It just seems like Disney's got their sights set on that animated feature category for as long as they want to. And it's not, this already has to be a contender, even though it's not Pixar, it's Walt Disney Studios uh, animation. However, though, Mike, I do have one red flag. And look, I mean, Over
0: the Moon had gorgeous animation too, but it had some story issues. Do we really understand why she has to find the last dragon to bring peace to their civilization?
1: Do we really get that in this trailer? I know it's there's a lot of dog bug pet jokes, you know, involved. The the first comment, the top comment on the YouTube page <laughs> for this trailer says twi- spoiler alert, she's the dragon all along. Um. And that's what I'm going to go in believing. <laughs>
0: So, all right. So, th- this is a cool movie, though. It's got this fantasy desert landscapes, epic fantasy stuff going on. I love that hat she has; that's the coolest hat in, ever. Uh, I-, I like the they. You know, they have a sequence where, where she's a kid. They have a sequence where she's all grown up. Obviously, Tuk Tuck grows up with her, so that, you know you get that Lion King sense where you're going to have two fun stories there. this one is just give it to me now. I would pay a lot yep. of money for it.
1: If anything happens to Tuk Tuck, I will never <laughs> forgive Disney. Of
0: course uh, I shouldn't say of course. Anyway, Pixar. It's not it's not a Pixar film, so they won't
1: It's not Pixar. It's not Pixar.
0: Right. All right, Mike. Couple quick thoughts on, you know, second or third trailers we've gotten for some other heavy hitters. Mank, we got a much fuller trailer. And I will be honest with you. I wasn't seeing all of the Oscar hoopla after the first two trailers, but after this last one, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm starting to get why yeah. it's Hollywood catnip here.
1: Yeah. I've seen early reviews calling this movie, everything we expect it to be. And I've seen early reviews deriding it for having a lack of an emotional core. So I'm really at this point, just ready for anything, but I'd be lying quite frankly, if I said this trailer didn't heighten my expectations even higher somehow. If, you're a sucker for Hollywood doing movies of Hollywood and somehow you haven't seen the full trailer, just go out of your way to get it done yeah
0: i can't wait to see this movie we we got to request our screeners what are we doing yeah we, we just got to do it and then netflix may have issues with us just in general but maybe they'll <laughs> they'll help us out but yeah i mean this is a movie we want to love and uh david fincher's a filmmaker we've loved all along and yeah Absolutely. please give us the screener for this netflix uh we will make that request soon we would appreciate <laughs> it and we will be fair with this one michael um more than fair all right news of the world We got another trailer for News of the World, and this is not Tom Hanks' Fury Road. This is Tom Hanks' old, grizzled newsman from the 18th century who has to tell his story to the folks on the prairie. Tom Hanks.
1: So you mean to tell me that this profession involved a man going around daily to get newspapers from all over the country... Yeah. And he has the means and ability to do that, but he's
0: poor? It's not the most uh, efficient job description.
1: It just seems like... Don't you need money to do that in the first place? Yeah, it does To go to all those cities? It
0: doesn't seem very economical, is what I was trying to say. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and this this trailer has a very different tone than the first one did, too. It's like... Castaway and Castaway, and this the, the this is the grandiose, you know, the big operatic uh, soundtrack in the background about this guy saving this little girl and going on this harrowing adventure together. This is the one that suggests to me that's going to be positioned for best picture in the studio's eyes.
0: I wonder if they looked at the first two action movie style trailers and they're like, all right, yeah, we got Paul Greengrass of the Bourne movies, but it's still Tom Hanks. It's still going to be an Oscar play. You know, we got to get we got to give it more gravitas. We got to we got to show his his uh, big speech giving scenes.
1: Right. I still I want I need more information about that job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely I have some questions as well. All right. Uh, Is this the last one? The Life Ahead. All right. Yeah, I believe so. Last trailer, The Life Ahead coming to Netflix. 14 days ago or two days ago, depending on when this comes out. (laughs) I believe it's coming out on the 13th of November that we haven't watched it yet. Sophia Loren making a triumphant question mark return to the best actress category. Michael, what did you think?
1: I've seen so many people already on film Twitter talking about oh, she's back and she's going to be going for Oscars and it looks so good. And the scores, you know, she's got a 70 meta score right now for this movie. It's very, very early on IMDb, at least with a 7.7. 7. I'm talking like the first couple dozen reviews. That's how early it is. So I, I lo- I'm willing to believe it can be good. This trailer to me was just kind of all over the place, I thought.
0: It's trailers rough. It felt like every single parent movie from the 1980s or yeah, 1990s exactly. ever. Exactly. Very I mean, cliched. what makes it
1: stand out it's, other than it's Sophia Loren's return to our lives? I, and which, I mean, don't get me wrong. That's a reason to celebrate. But didn't everyone, didn't a lot of people just get mad about, like, Glenn Close being, getting in the Oscars conversation a couple years ago because they thought she was riding on just her, what she's done in her legacy?
0: Mike, Sophia Loren received an honorary Oscar in 1991. <laughs> She was last nominated in 62 and 1965. This woman is a, is a legend, but she, this has been a long time since she's been Oscar relevant. And I'm thrilled she's back. But, like, I don't know. I I didn't see yeah. anything special in this trailer. We're going to have to watch the movie. I I didn't either.
1: And, and that's why, I mean, it, the early scores aren't like, you know huge numbers like it would be if it's the type of movie that's just going to knock you on your ass after you see it so obviously we're going to check it out and we're going to have to judge for ourselves and we will be nothing but forthright and honest with you uh, dear listener but going to be I guess intriguing is the most politically correct way to put how I feel about this we're wetting the blanket now and we're about to throw
0: it on everybody but we're wetting it we haven't thrown it yet
1: (laughs) She got her honorary Oscar 30 years ago. That's a great stat by you. All right. Uh, that is the trailer thoughts recap. Episode two, having to do with the Oscars contenders as part of this Oscar race checkpoint on uh, what matters most, as always, though, dear listener, is your thoughts. And we want to hear them about anything you have to say about these trailers. And if you have thoughts uh, that differ with ours, if we're wrong, let us know. If we're right, tell us why. You can leave us all of those as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, concerns about anything we do here in the MMO Empire. You can leave us all of those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike and Oscar on Facebook. Mike, Mike and Oscar on Instagram at MM and oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike and Oscar at gmail.com.com. And on Reddit, wherever available everywhere you hear podcasts, including and especially Apple Podcasts. And if you would be so kind, if you are listening to us on the Apple Podcasts app, to go into the Apple Podcasts app and leave us a five-star review, it would take about 10 seconds out of your day and make our entire day. Michael, since it is now no doubt the year 2024, when this episode has come out, uh, why don't you tell some good people in the future some words of wisdom to live by and tell them what's coming next at some point.
0: I have no idea what's coming next because... uh it's all the pages are blank in the rest of the diary here i don't know if i have covid but i'm quarantining i got tests scheduled i don't know what's going on keanu reeves crying is not a good omen that i talked about in the last episode i watched a movie where he just sobbed like a baby (sighs) and a made him do it uh we're gonna review specter i think perhaps at some point maybe never uh words of wisdom are just going to simply be don't get covid uh stay away from it social distance wear a remember, mask
1: you remember a couple weeks ago you were like boy we really get depressing at the end of every episode we're coming down from like a high of
0: just like overstimulated socialization that we don't get the rest of our every day because we're watching movies yeah yeah
1: Right. Sophia Loren's going to outlive us, that's for sure.
0: I'm sure she will. Oh, my God. It's impossible not to at this point. She's a mm-hmm. 134, but uh, <laughs> it's terrible. I, look, we're just dancing I, in the streets because we elected a 78-year-old president. We're obviously not ages here, but, yeah, she's very old.
1: I think I have to cut all of that. She's old. Calling her 134. <laughs> she's old. She is. That's, she, that's, she's not that she far from 134
0: years old. She's <laughs> closer to 134 years old than she probably is to my age. Uh. Guaranteed. <laughs> Just fuck it. Leave it I, in. I, I have nothing.
1: I have absolutely nothing. I'm <laughs> shot.
0: Me too. Double recording, but it was fun, my friend. Good job.
1: Yes, absolutely, it was, uh, guys. When reality sucks, you can come. Hopefully, have some laughs and watch these movies with us. We have Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. See. Ya.